0: I'm Callum DiLietto and this is Flock Together, the podcast for events and travel professionals. Season one is brought to you in partnership with Visit Berlin, the Berlin Convention Office, and we are here today at Tewton Glen. I'm joined by Ian Cummings. How are you, sir?
1: Yeah, I'm great. Thanks,
0: Callum. How are you? Very well, very well. We have been on camera together many a time in the past, but it's always fun and uh, you're always good value.
1: I don't know quite what to make of that, but uh, I'll try and make sure I'm Your good, again. Like, mm, good yeah, really value again. Yeah, really? Good value. What is that? I'll give you some good value. My first time in Berlin, uh-huh. Berlin being the sponsor of this, um, was actually in the year 2000, showing my age now, which is a bit of a worry, but for Love Parade before it was stopped. Hundreds of thousands of ravers to techno music walking around Berlin in the year 2000, before it goes underground at nighttime and it's just a party for 24 48 hours around berlin so that's my little anecdote on my first time in berlin
0: that is super cool and also i feel like i know you well enough where it doesn't surprise me that much but i think given like your role and and you know your company and your seniority in the industry there are so many people that
1: would probably be surprised by that anecdote. Well, I'll give you a little bit more. It's actually restarted again this year in 2023, and it's called Rave the Planet, but it's actually the Love Parade reincarnated as uh, as as Rave the Planet. So uh, maybe next year you might find me there, or you might not find me there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's still going on.
0: So the first part of the podcast is, is reform, um, and that's basically an opportunity for you to write a letter to the industry, you know, you get that feather from the Flock Together logo, you turn it into a quill and you scribble something that you want the rest of the industry to know. What would your letter be?
1: So this might surprise you, but I have written a letter. Oh, this is even better. So would you mind if I read it to you? Please do. So I'm gonna read it to you and, and hopefully I'll make it slightly entertaining. But it is, dear global events industry, global being the operative word, I think it's time to turn positive action into activity with regards to sustainability within our industry. I'd offer up there is a major gap between corporate statements on the road to net zero and concrete action when event planning. And I'm not talking about the major events that we know that are showcased where all the eyes are focused on those major events. I'm talking the thousands of corporate events where short lead times, Restricted budgets and overly worked meeting planners are all in play. Our industry has made tremendous strides in recent years to provide support, information, calculation methodologies and places to get help. But my fear is that that gets overlooked with the pressures of time and budget. If we're to avoid an accusation of greenwashing in our industry, we must start more actively using the tools that are available to us, driving towards carbon-neutral events, making conscious decisions to influence leadership upwards, and ultimately looking to have a positive impact on the environment. Our ambition needs to be to leave a destination in better shape than when we arrived, turning our attention from consumption to contribution. Yours, Ian Cummings.
0: I... I, I almost think you deserve a, a clap there. <laughs> like that is exactly the kind of letter that needs to go out to the industry. And I I entirely agree with leaving a destination better than than when you when you get there. And leaving a legacy that's that's lasting, that's not just, alright, we're here, we've spent loads of money on your destination and we're off and left a almost a a negative impact?
1: On well, there is a, an opportunity now to leave a positive contribution. You, it's not about net zero necessarily at a destination. There is a, a, an opportunity to leave a positive impact on the environment. But, you know, that being said, and, and having sort of formally read, read a letter, uh, I do think that there's a real challenge within our industry, which people are talking about now, that that there's an incredible amount of information out there, there's some fantastic organizations out there to help. Uh, there's calculation methodologies, there's industry bodies, etc. But I've got to say, from the position that I sit in, um, running a global events agency, once you get down to you know, short lead times, tight budgets, overworked meeting planners, when you start talking about the extra workload of putting in a full calculation of end-to-end planning for an event, and, and coming up to, to a number or making choices that may impact the, the budget more, it may cost more, or potentially reduce it, um, I'm, I'm afraid that the time and the pressure means that a lot of that goes out the window. And that's a real concern, because of course our corporate leaders around the world are talking about the road to net zero, and, and a lot of companies have grand plans for that. But if that all evaporates between the leadership uh, team and then the meeting planner planning those events across you know multiple locations, multiple company events, etc. Then we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think we've got to push harder on this. And I know it's a bit of a bandwagon at the moment, but um, you know we launched uh, a carbon calculator some some time ago, a few months ago, and everybody that we spoke to about the launch and our customers loved it, enjoyed it, thought it was great. But then the use and uptake of it has been really low, scarily low. I, th-
0: I think this is the issue that I've seen multiple times in the industry is that everyone wants to do something about, and, and this is not just sustainability, this could be DEI, this could mm. be well-being. Everyone believes in it, understands it, wants to do something about it, but doesn't. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's being time poor, it's being you know, budget constraints. It's, it's all of these things that are, they're not just excuses, they're, they're, they are valid reasons, but a shift in priority and perhaps a shift in mentality as well, in that sometimes sustainability doesn't have to cost more. Sometimes nope. you actually save money by being sustainable. Yeah,
1: there's sustainability choices you can make to make something much more cost-effective, cheaper. You know, walking tours instead of taking buses and coaches somewhere. Um, you know, cooking with waste food is, is another one, which is, is great fun at the moment and stuff. So there's decisions that you can make on on that. But I I do think... To your point, maybe we need to look at things in a slightly different way. Maybe agencies like ourselves need to be proactively giving planners the information and not asking them, do they want to do it, but telling them at the end of it, this is what your event um, cost or caused as far as uh, carbon is is concerned. But then that puts the, uh, the burden on the agency to do that. And maybe they don't want the information. So you end up doing a lot of work for no reason. I, I don't know the answer, but we're in a position at the moment where I think the accusation of greenwashing isn't far away. We've, we talk a lot about it, but there's a lot that goes, away, goes through the, the, uh, the industry without the proper calculations and decisions. So the next part of the podcast is about remembering. Um,
0: and I'd like to challenge you to remember your first ever work trip abroad.
1: Oh well, that's not too exciting. Um, within this industry, within CWT, uh, my my first wor- work trip abroad abroad was uh, Disneyland, Paris, for an EMEA meeting. So obviously, I went over on the Eurostar, got to Disneyland. Um, we had a meeting, which was an eye opener for me. But then dinner in the evening with. Uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse walking around and Goofy um, kind of had me questioning myself thinking, is this what this (laughs) is all about? Uh, So uh, so that was probably my first memory um, of of an internal meeting. But then externally, I'd say that all repaired itself to a certain extent when I got the opportunity to go down to Istanbul for uh, a delivery of a conference for Avis, a regional conference for Avis. And Istanbul is a fantastic city. I used to live there. So I was very happy to go down and and start to learn about what goes into delivering a major corporate event over three days, dinners in the evening, boat trips on the Bosphorus and stuff like that. So um, it really redeemed itself at that point in time. And I thought, yeah, this is good. I like this. I really love this.
0: I love the I love the contrast there. There's the idea of having like quite a, a serious meeting and then just Mickey Mouse just been like, "Ha ha, hi kids!" And you're just like, "What is going on here?" What's-?
1: Of course, we had dinner. We had dinner in the evening and we had a big long table and then they'd got Mickey and Minnie and Pluto to all come out. I was thinking. Whoa, what have I done? <laughs> what have I joined here? Anyway,
0: it was fun, I suppose. Well, it is the Disney 100, so I feel like, I feel like now there's a, a resurgence in and an appetite for that, but it would have to be on theme. But just to randomly be there for an EMEA meeting and then just being like, okay, what, what is the purpose here? i would know?
1: forgotten about the D- Disney 100, so I'm really on, on trend. You're on brand. Amazing. you know? You know?
0: Um, and then what was your most recent work trip abroad?
1: Oh, I've just come back. Um, I was two weeks away, uh, which is a very long trip for me, but uh, I spent a week in Singapore working. Um, I was speaking at a conference called ITB Asia, um, and I was talking about sustainability, and uh, I had a uh, a panel there that I was moderating on, which was major venue, which was ma- Marina Bay Sands. Um, I had an airline, which was Itihad, um, and then I had a destination, which was destination Perth, Australia, uh, which was great having that mix of destination, what are you doing? Airline, controversial, what are you doing? Um, and then major venue, what are you doing to support? And, and it was a great, uh, great time. But I also worked with a team whilst I was down there for a week. And then uh, tagged on to the end of that, to reduce my carbon footprint, um, a trip to Australia, uh, where I've never been in my life before. I've never been on visit, on holiday or anything. So I went down to visit our fantastic team down there and had uh, four days down there, Sunday through to, to Wednesday. Uh, three days' work and one day's tourism around Sydney, which was fantastic. Walked the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which was incredible. Um, so, yeah, that was probably a real highlight of, of work trips for the last few years.
0: Both of those are incredible destinations. I, I've also walked the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Um, and, yeah, it's, it, it's it's an experience that you I, can, I feel like you have to do. And it's just such a unique way to to see the city from above. And it's such a beautiful landscape, like Sydney is quite unique in that sense, Yeah. Um, so yeah. That.
1: It, it, it's quite stunning, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed it, I enjoyed the walk over the bridge. Um, Are you afraid of heights? A little bit, yeah.
0: I was going to say, because I feel like I saw something on Instagram that was like you were overcoming something for yeah, this Yeah, yeah, I,
1: right. I, I'm not, uh, I've got a little bit of vertigo, I, I don't think I've properly got it, but I, I'm a bit nervous about heights. It's a bit weird when I look over edges of tall buildings and stuff, I feel like I want to jump off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know there's a few people would encourage that, but, uh, but no, I, I feel a little bit weird about uh, looking over the edge and stuff. So it was a bit strange for me to walk over the bridge, but um, yeah, I, I was very lucky. Business Events Australia, uh, Kelly Maynard, bless her, kind of really helped uh, make sure that I saw the best side of Sydney. Uh, she gave me a motorbike tour for an hour, uh, which was great fun. We we went to Bondi Beach and had lunch over Bondi Beach, did the bridge walk, etc., and then did a, a harbour tour in a boat and stuff, which was lovely. So I was very lucky. It was an incredible trip, um, memory of a lifetime because I've never been to Australia before. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was very, really pleasing. Fantastic trip.
0: That does sound like a great trip, and it is it is a fantastic destination. I love the fact that you also split it up, so you you've saved your carbon footprint there as well. This podcast is brought to you by the Visit Berlin Convention Office, your key contact in and for the city of Berlin. From on-site knowledge of the best venues and service providers to conference bids and event planning. As Germany's capital in the heart of Europe, Berlin is a vibrant, elective and creative metropolis, raising the bar of conference and event standards. Let's meet in the world of Berlin. In terms of now, like, revisiting... Like, if you could go back in time and, and transport your mind back however many years into, into your past self to relive a destination experience,
1: which would you choose? So I'll stick with um, my time within this industry, uh, within meeting and events, and, and I would probably go back to... 2018 when, and you know this because of previous discussions, when uh, I ran a leadership conference for about 120 people in Morocco in Marrakesh. Um, I absolutely loved that time. Um, It was an incredible week. Um, We spent a full day in a Berber village in the mountains doing CSR activities which were really impactful including installing solar panels for electricity and stuff like that. Um, and, and it had real deep and, and meaningful impact on the people that were there. Um, we also managed to finish off with the, with the beautiful activity of, of hot air ballooning over the Atlas Mountains for morning and watching the sunrise with the snow-capped mountains in, in November. So it was it was quite stunning. Um, and uh, I just love the feel of, of Morocco and Marrakech, and, Marrakesh and uh, it's it's you know it's chaos around the, the souk and Medina. Yeah, it's beautifulness around, you know, some of the hotel facilities that are there. The food is fantastic. Uh, and it's just got a real charm to it. So I've got a real soft spot for, for Marrakesh, Morocco.
0: I remember you telling me about that trip, you know, years ago and, and me turning around to you and saying, that is on my bucket list. I'd love to. that. I, I, that is right there on the top. Like, I really, really want to do it. And then literally the beginning of this year... I ended up in the same hot air balloon that you, you used. Did, you we did. literally compared videos and I was like, hold up a second. The same place, the same balloon. Like, this is, this is weird. And I, so I think you almost manifested that for
1: me. So I thank you for that yeah, experience. But I think you stalked my Instagram, saw the balloon and found the exact same balloon and got up in that
0: one. 100%. I was like, well, you know, I've got to do exactly what Ian did. I have to do it. But I don't know if your, if your landing was as aggressive as mine. I don't know. Did you have a, a rough landing?
1: Yeah, I mean they tell you to to, to kneel down in the basket and, yeah. and sit with your back to where it's going to hit the ground and go over and then you yeah. kind of slide out. It was pretty good fun. I was excited about that, but uh, a lot of people weren't. But I thought it was going to be quite good fun hitting the ground. It was.
0: It was <laughs> definitely that the the pilot called it a sporty landing for <laughs> right. me, and uh, I ended up filming the whole thing, put it on TikTok, and it's now doing some serious numbers because people are like, "Wait, what? I thought Hot Airplane just floated softly to the ground." And I'm like, no, no, no quite often (laughs) I've only been in two hot air balloons in my life and both of them have landed very aggressively. It's it's
1: rare that you see the landings because it is pretty aggressive.
0: And you've stayed in so many beautiful hotels but if you could choose to make one of them a home which
1: hotel would it be? I, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, it would be the Four Seasons, Bangkok on the Cho River. Put me there, leave me there for the rest of my life and I'll be happy. (laughs) Top floor, that's my office my home my everything and I'll just happily stay there
0: I I get it yeah that and and Bangkok what a, what a great place to live
1: I, I took my family there for for uh, Easter of this year and promised the team at the FS that, that I would go and visit at some point in time so uh, I was lucky enough to be able to book some time there and had four days uh, I, I came away going, I think that was probably the best hotel in the world um, that I've stayed in, which is a very, very big claim. And then I was very pleased to see uh, it come out, the top 50 hotels in the world, it came out number three. Wow. So I wasn't far off. Um, You're a good judge. But uh, yeah, great, great hotel, very new, kind of open, soft opening during the end of the pandemic. The service is incredible, the staff are incredibly well-trained, proactively thinking ahead of what you need. Um, it's a beautiful location on the edge of the river, um, obviously with Four Seasons, the, the facilities are fantastic, the food's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'd go and live there any day, um, not sure my family would, would agree to that, but... Um,
0: hey, it's your dream, okay? Yep, yep. You're allowed to live in the hotel. Just give it yeah, a chance. Exactly. <laughs> the next section, I'd I'd like you to kind of reimagine your role a little bit in that, Most people in this industry, they organise events or experiences or incentives for for other people. I'd like you to organise an incentive for yourself. Where would you go? What would you do? And which celebrity guest would be there to accompany you?
1: Okay. so. I'm a big fan of Southeast Asia. I I love Asian food, I like the culture, I like the landscape. Um, I I just enjoy being there. Obviously the climate as well is is pretty good in most of the year, apart from the rainy season. So I would definitely head in that direction. Two places that I'd love to visit that I haven't visited so far are Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, So it would definitely be Vietnam and Cambodia, maybe Laos as well thrown in. Um, and i'd love to kind of visit the the whole of the country, not just one lovely five star hotel for example on a beach, but actually get into the mountains or get into the into the middle of the country and 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 tour around so um if I was going to do that i 'd probably make sure I could fly uh business class to um Hanoi maybe um and uh Uh, Have a decent flight over there and not feel too tired for the next few days. Um, Do a little bit around the city and then potentially uh, pick up with a few other people on a motorbike and head off into the middle of the country and do some touring on a decent sized motorbike. Um, Not sort of the Harley Davidson, but more one of the big BMW type scrambler type things and so on. A bit like the long way around, long way down. Uh, so I'd love to do that through Vietnam and Cambodia, stopping off for a few days at different destinations, spend some time on the water, obviously, uh, which is beautiful, spend some beach time, spend some time in the mountains, etc. So I think for me, if I was able to plan that now, that's probably what I'd do. And who would be your celebrity guest? This might be a bit cheesy, but I'd definitely go with David Beckham.
0: That's not cheesy at all. Because
1: he quite likes his bikes. He's not a mad bike fan, but he quite likes his, his motorbikes. I've seen him on big days out with friends over in California and stuff like that. And I'd probably take one extra if I can. Can I take an extra one? Go on then. Go on then. Ewan McGregor.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: Right. So myself, David Beckham, Ewan McGregor, three decent sized bikes touring Vietnam and Cambodia. That
0: should be a TV show. To be honest, I think I think they need to make that happen.
1: Didn't didn't realise that? Yeah, yeah, and, that, and he could make that happen with Charlie Boardman maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: That sounds good. And they they would need you, obviously. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not just celebrities. You need a, an expert in in travel. You know, yeah. someone who can detect whether a hotel is a top three hotel. Well, I, in the world. I, I,
1: I'd book the hotels and the it, and do the itinerary and, and places to go, etc. We'd have to have a support van with us. We're not doing it like totally rugged. Uh, and we'd have to stay in some nice places along the way to sample those nice places, but um, I feel that like that would be a pretty good trip.
0: I also I feel like I could see you being really good friends with both of those people as well. <laughs> like they're, they're, like the synergy would work really well. I'm, i that's you've you've nailed that. I don't well,
1: know done. how you McGregor and David Beckham would get on, but people get on very well with him anyway because he's a very nice guy. And by the way, we could just throw in a little bit of UNICEF activity in there as well.
0: Oh, of course, of course. So, the final part of the podcast is a quick fire round. It's React. And uh, I'm going to ask you some very simple questions, and you just have to answer as quickly as you can. Okay. So, packing, last minute or week before? Last minute. Carry on or check in? Carry on. Airport lounge or shopping?
1: Bit of both. I was going
0: to say, you do love your trainers. (laughs) A bit of both. (laughs) A bit of both. Um, Aisle seat or window seat? A window seat, video on the way in. City or nature?
1: Both, but I love a city.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lay in or early start? Lay in.
1: Poolside
0: or seaside?
1: Both pool and sea. Pool and
0: sea, nice an infinity pool that goes I, into yeah, the yeah, ocean. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I need it. to
1: be. Uh, I need to have a nice pool for a swim, and then but it's on the sea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm go. Okay, <laughs> I can go with that. Uh, planned or spontaneous?
1: Uh, yeah, sorry, again, a bit of both. You know, I I like to plan out a trip, but then once there, I like to be spontaneous of going and doing activities. That's why I like to be in a city. You know, I plan the the four seasons in Bangkok for the family, very well planned out, pick up airport, so as nothing goes wrong. But once there, jump in a tuk-tuk and go somewhere and and, and be spontaneous when you're there.
0: I think that's that's a fair answer. And I think most event planners want a degree of, like, risk limitation you know they want to know that they're going to get there etc but the spontane yeah okay um hotels boutique or brands boutique interesting but your favorite hotel was the four seasons yeah.
1: The Four Seasons have this uncanny knack of almost being boutiquey within their whole brand. So their their hotel God, I sound like an advert for Four Seasons. <laughs> Sorry, guys, this was not intentional. I, I think all their hotels are a little bit different. I mean, even when you look here in London, from from Park Lane to to Ten Trinity to Four Seasons Hampshire, they're very very different properties. But they have a they have a, a an intimate feel to them, a boutiquey feel to them and having stayed in many of them around the world or been lucky enough to stay in many of them around the world I think they're all quite individual but with a, a true sense of service running through them all so I, I kind of think it, it's a corporate brand yes but they have individuality and boutiqueness about them and that's it it's about
0: being able to foster the boutiqueness mm-hmm. and I think there's a few hotel chains that try to do that and some, some do it very very well so yeah well thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Flop
1: Together thank you very much it's always a pleasure to be here